Hello, and welcome to the Don't Shop on Tuesdays podcast. We're your hosts, Barry and Jacob, joined today by Jean Salvatore of Shadowcats TNR. It is my honor and pleasure to welcome Jean Salvatore of Shadowcats TNR, and I would like her to explain to people why the name Shadowcats, what TNR means, and the history of this amazing organization. Okay, well, thanks for having me. Shadowcats TNR actually is our second name. We started off as best friends in Harford County. It was sort of a David and Goliath moment. I won't go into details, but we were told we couldn't use the term best friends because it was copyrighted, unbeknownst to us, even though we had searched out names. So we've switched names last year. We've actually been operating as a nonprofit since 2015. We started as a group of six people who were doing TNR, which is Trap, Neuter, and Return of Community Cats. And we knew there was a great need in Harford County. We estimate about 26,000 roaming cats in Harford County based on population. So we needed to grow. And that's when we incorporated. And at that time, we started also partnering with our local shelter. We had support from Alley Cat Allies, which is an advocate for community cats. They gave us a grant to get us started, which was wonderful. And in the first year, we uh, we did pretty well. We were able to ramp up with money, with donations, with grants, etc. We actually took in 904 cats, spayed and neutered them, vaccinated them, made sure they were healthy, and put them back out in their colonies. A couple years later, we actually boosted our numbers to over 1,500 And we're currently taking in close to 2,000 cats a year, which is significantly higher than the local shelter's population. So we've taken a lot of work away from them. People don't have to bring cats to the shelter. They can reach to us. We take care of them, return them, adopt out the adoptable ones, barn home ones if we need to. We do a lot of services for people in Harford, and and we, we continue to grow as much as we can to do more. So to date, we've actually done over 10,000 cats, done meaning fixed them, vaccinated them, and then put them back out, which is a pretty huge number. It's a lot of work. We have some very dedicated volunteers, and that's how can we do it. And you started this organization, and I just want to get down on the vernacular. By roaming mm-hmm. cats, some people think of them as community cats or feral cats. Right. And when you say barn cats, you're getting these cats jobs. Why is that? Right. The, uh, not all cats can go back to their community safely. It might be a construction site or they're too close to the road and they're getting hit by cars. So if they are, if we have a space for them to go, and we say barn cats, it could be a greenhouse. It could be actually in some occasions a brewery or an office, working cat positions for them to be mousers and be cared for. So believe it or not, we have a lot of people who apply for, for barn homes. Of course, we in Harford, we're about half rural in Harford County, a lot of farms, small farms, large farms. So we do get people looking for those cats, and we provide them. And you have a process of fostering and adoption. Mm-hmm. Could you expand on that? Sure. So when we bring in cats, what we do is evaluate their behavior as well. So should the cat be really friendly? First off, we want to find out if it's an owned cat that just hadn't been fixed and is left to wander or was abandoned or lost or something. We will check them out for a week or so to see how they behave. If they clearly are friendly cats, then we will put them into a foster home. 
and we will get them tested for viruses, make sure they're 100% healthy, and we put them into our adoption program. We work with the PetSmart stores in Abingdon and Bel Air. They allow us to bring the cats in. They actually give us some money towards every adoption because they have a big adoption program that we're part of. And we also have one local business that lets us put a condo in and put in one cat there. And it's up north where there aren't a lot of people looking for cats, but we've been successful in adopting out of that store as well. For our international listeners, Bel Air and Abington are cities in Harford County where Jean lives and started her organization. So the goal of fostering a cat is to make them comfortable around people and eligible for adoption. Correct. Now explain why you take the cats and get them fixed and return them. Yeah, there are a couple of reasons for that. First off, if they are truly wild or feral, they don't want to be around people. They don't want to be near people. They want to pretty much lunge at you. And we, you know, we take all kinds of safety precautions to make sure nobody gets hurt or the animal doesn't get hurt as well in the trap. We use humane traps. We feed and clean them two, three times a day while they're being held. They, you know, they're made very, very comfortable where we hold them, but they don't want to be in a house. <laughs> they make that very clear. We pay attention to what the cat's telling us. And in the, those cases, we want to return them to site. They know that as their home, and they're happy to be there. Nine times out of 10, we have somebody we know is a caretaker, so we know they have food provided all year round. And uh, that works out pretty well for the cat, and it works for us as well. The thing about it is if you take all cats out of the environment, since it's a good environment for cats to live in, you're going to create what's called a vacuum effect. And this has been well documented. So cats are going to move back in, and then you're going to end up fixing more cats. So we're not looking to be a cat magnet. We're looking to fix whole colonies and stabilize them. And by fixing them, you're preventing kittens. We're not only preventing kittens, but we're actually preventing a lot of diseases. People are shocked when they bring in a four-year-old female that they've not had spayed because, quite frankly, in Harford County, it's very expensive. So they perhaps couldn't find low-cost spay surgery. And they come to us, here's this cat with a huge infection in her abdomen and in her genital area. They didn't know the cat had this going on. And if we hadn't had it spayed at that time, it probably would have died from infection. There are also mammary gland cancers, testicular cancers. These things really happen. We've seen them in cats that just are constantly going through the hormonal changes. Also, if you ask cats not to have sex, they don't listen, do they? They're not really good at that. It is the driving force, as anybody who's ever had a cat in heat can attest. Most of the bad behavior, if you will, of community cats is, is because they're not fixed. The fighting, the screaming, and all of that. The you know spraying on places, which really drives people crazy. It's because they're being driven by their hormones. Once they've been neutered and spayed, the hormones die down. Cats become a really much calmer animals, and the community is happy about that. So, And they deserve to be loved and fed and safe. I agree. And the thing is, most of the people in Harford we're running into, they feel the same way. So we have a really good rapport with most of the community that they want to get these cats taken care of. Because, thank you so much. And during the pandemic, you saw the worst that could happen, that the yep. clinics were closed and you couldn't get cats fixed. And again, asking them not to procreate didn't work. So so can you go back to that time and, and tell you, and, and just contrast it to what your organization has done and the problems that arose when you, when you didn't have clinics available and you couldn't neuter the cats? Right. Well, in 
2020 in particular, we, we were doing, at that time, 1,620 cats, which was our normal. And the reason we were able, actually, to continue through COVID is that we followed all the protocols for an out-of-state clinic. We take most of our cats to Delaware to have them spayed and neutered because they offer us very low-cost service. They're very good. They do high volume. And we don't have that locally. So since we were already doing that, we just continued through COVID and other places were shut down. We couldn't use the grant money from Maryland because they wouldn't allow us to use it. But we continued anyway, transporting them up and, and taking them back. So we didn't really slow down then. One of the things that did happen, though, was we, we were able to get a lot of students from North Hartford High, which has an agricultural program, to come and work with us because they need to do a service type thing. They, they write about what they do. They're working with the animals. So they couldn't get to do this service anywhere else, but they could come to us. We, we wore masks. We wore gloves. We followed all the protocols, and we were okay. Nobody got sick. So, One of your allies in this compassionate fight are the people that feed feral colonies. They go every day, and they, and they usually partner or have more people right. to make sure that these cats are fed and have water. And one of my friends does it, and on top of a very tough job, and she did not have access to a clinic. Okay. And I had introduced you to, and she called you up crying with all the kittens. And what, what did you say to her? Bring them, bring them. To oh, no, absolutely. I told her, bring them to us. We will get them fixed. We work with, we're based in Harford, and our grants are from the state of Maryland, which we're very grateful for. When we are, when we win a grant, we, it all is for Harford. Those grants take us a, a real distance in getting our animals fixed because we're spending about seventy or eighty thousand dollars a year to fix the numbers we're doing. It's just how the math works out. We also get donations, but we also get people from Baltimore County, from Baltimore City, from Cecil County, which is north of us, from southern Pennsylvania, who know about us. They hear about us, social media and such, and then they want help because they don't have help where they are. So if that's the case, whether it's COVID or there's nobody, there's no clinic opening, they can come to us. We do have to charge them a little bit because the funding isn't there for them, but very low cost. And we'll work with everybody. Not only did you get these kittens fixed, you got them homes. Yeah, that's always cool. And that, because the people that do this do it from their heart, and they love the animals. And we're not going to get specific, but in your community and in the state legislature, there's always bills that help animals. And it's easy to find out at the beginning of the session, the Maryland General Assembly concludes this Monday, sign or die, but there's always bills that support people like Jean, organizations like Jean that support dogs and cats and other animals. So make your voices known to your representatives and to your legislators. What, what can people do to help feral cats on their own in, in support and in alliance with your organization? Okay, there's lots of things, actually, that people can do, and mostly it's awareness. Alley Cat Allies, who I mentioned, is based in Maryland, and you can go to Alley Cat Allies page, it's just alleycat.org, and find help, find organizations near you. You can put in a little application online, it's really simple, and they will tell you, they will come back and say, hey, you, there's this organization, that organization, whether you need help or you want to help them. I just want to interrupt really quickly. Could you please spell that Alley Cat? Sure, I'm sorry. So it's... A-L-L-E-Y-C-A-T, all lowercase, 
www.ncpsa.org. Real simple address. They're, and they are phenomenal. Again, they helped us to get started. So they're a good resource. We use a lot of their material about the vacuum effect, about why we do TNR, that kind of thing. As far as Shadow Cats goes, I mean, we have social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and we have a website. It's just Shadow Cats, S-H-A-D-O-W-C-A-T-S-T-N-R, all lowercase, dot O-R-G. And, and we welcome people just visiting our Facebook page. That helps us a lot. You can help us to get votes when there are, are contests being run to give monies to different organizations. You can vote for us. You can follow what we're doing. You can read the stories of the animals we're adopting out or barn homing. And we just welcome you to come and do that. We also have plenty of volunteer opportunities if you want to help either from your home or on site at the stores at what we call Cat Central, which is where all the cats come in to be cared for before and after surgery. If you want to foster, we need we need fosters. If you want to trap, I love trapping and I don't have the time to go out and do it because I'm doing mostly administration and transporting. But trapping is actually, it's, it's a pretty big high when you catch a cat in a humane trap and you know, I'm going to make this cat's life better because that's what's going to happen. We can always use a, you know, a variety of help. Even just, like I said, liking our Facebook page is a, is a big plus for us. So. You know, people's attitudes change laws and change people's perspectives. I was feeding feral cats in my neighborhood before it was legal to do so in Baltimore City. Right. My son came to me and said, there's a kitten who's hungry. I went, okay, what are you, you going to do, Baltimore? So we, we fed the kitten, and we now feed in my neighborhood. We feed a lot of feral cats, make sure the water's clean. And Baltimore City caught up with us, and now it's, right. it's not illegal to do that. Yep. And so when you are vocal and you're out there and you're talking to, to elected officials and to legislatures, to people in the legislature, then you can you can make a difference. Absolutely. And we know that there are many, many people who are feeding. We, we run into communities where, you know, the homeowners association says you can't feed cats. And of course, they're still feeding cats because most good hearted people see an animal out there that looks hungry. They're going to feed it. And most of the mobile home parks in particular that are working with us, they recognize that they can't make that not happen. And that's when they'll have us. We've been invited to come into some because they want to stabilize the population. And this way, they don't have people kind of hoarding cats in their house either because they can take care of them outside and the cats are perfectly fine. Yep. And it's very expensive I, to get your cat fixed. In Harford County, what is the average cost of getting your cat fixed? So, and I know this from people giving me their estimates when they take cats in for their initial shots and such, and then come to us because some of the veterinarians actually refer them to us because we do low cost. The average cost is around $450 per animal. And most people find that too much, especially if they just brought in a mom and two kittens and they want to keep them all. That's a lot of money. And I can tell you it's really not that expensive at all to fix a cat because I've worked clinics. So that's, that's a little startling because within Harford, that pricing is that high. But if you go to Cecil County or Baltimore County, you can get the same done for about $100. And when you trap and you're going to neuter, you also give vaccines yep. and you check out the cat and you make sure it's healthy before any of the things happen, before it's returned to the colony or, or set up for foster sure. or adopted. There's a, a store in my neighborhood that has a cat. 
that I guess it's a mouser and everyone knows him and he's well fed and 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 very blase about the people coming and going. In fact, there's a doggy daycare on top of the building and cat doesn't care about the parking either. Right. Well, most people recognize if they have a business of any sort or just in your own yard. I mean, my cats that are outside, I have two yard cats. They're mousers, so I don't have them in my house. Thank you very much. So there is a purpose for them being outside as well, as long as they're cared for. And it doesn't take a lot of care, as you pointed out. Cats don't even eat two meals a day. We feed them that, but they don't need that. So it's very minimal care, and they do provide a service to us. And yes, when we take them in, in addition to spay or neuter, they get their vaccines, they get dewormed, they get defleed, and if they have any other issues, we handle them. And frequently we find cats with something called entropion, where the eyelids kind of roll up and the lashes rub on the corneas and it will cause some blindness. We get that done. We don't just put them back out. Any wounds, all of that gets treated. We're not going to you know, ignore any of that. It's important to always tell your story. I always say the best story wins, but it's interesting how people don't know about things outside their little bubble. And my father was very allergic to cats. And I, but from my senior year in college, I've had a cat, at least one or more. And I did not know about TNR. And I used to be head of business development for an ad agency. And I called on Alley Cat Allies a long time ago. And I had them explain it to me several times. <laughs> I said, you mean you fix them and then you put them back out there? And once I understood it, mm-hmm. and here's someone who loved cats, who, you know, fairly aware of what was happening, I did not understand the concept. So it's important for people to understand why you're trapping, what, what, what you're doing for them, and why they're going to the places that they're going. Right. Yeah, we spend a lot of time educating people when we go out there to help them out or when they call or, or email us saying, you know, are there are cats here? What do we do with this? A lot of people see cats outside and they just think, well, cat's outside. But the ones that are paying attention are the ones who then say, well, how can we help? And we explain to them what we do, why we do. And then we usually recruit people to do their own trapping even because they really want to get their little colony fixed. It's And again, it makes for better health. We get a lot of arguments from people who say, I'm a bird lover. I am too. I feed birds. In a cleared space so they could see any cat coming or anything else coming for that matter. We, you know, in Harford for 75 plus years, the shelter routinely put down cats that came in that were feral, that, that they couldn't adopt out or they didn't have room for. And after 75 years, it didn't reduce the population. So TNR we know can humanely reduce population. So we get everybody on board with TNR, then we will at some point stabilize and become truly a no-kill area, which is what we're trying to do. See, there's an animal shelter that had to be taught, that had to learn. And that's why it's so important to keep telling the story. And I always say you can't repeat yourself enough. That's other people's problems, not mine. But it just letting people know what this is and, and how it works and how humane it is. You know, sometimes people, my neighbors complain to me because the birds actually eat the cat food that I like put out. And any bird that eats cat food, I say, <laughs> kudos. But I said, you know, they, these are animals in our, our allies are our allies. Allies are very clean. Mm-hmm. There are no rats or, or mice. And these cats are, are more and more friendly now. 
and it's the it's the humane thing to do. Absolutely. I just wanted to ask a question, Gene, and you know, sort of to emphasize the population control and the size of the sort of issue here. You were mentioning before an amazing stat to me about how the estimation for how many just roaming cats there mm-hmm. are is approximately 10% of the population, human population of an area. Is that just a stat that holds true in Hartford County, or is that found to be, you know, across Maryland, across the United States, you know, sort of statistically holding true? You know, what what is the scale of this problem zooming out a little bit? Right. It, sorry, I didn't clarify that. So it isn't just in Hartford County or Maryland. This is, I think it's actually a worldwide statistic because there have been many, many good studies done, and there are longitudinal studies going on about what happens with these colonies. I've met some of the experts with Best Friends Animal Society who teach people about TNR and the purpose for TNR and how to do it properly so that you get 100% stabilization in a colony. And the 10% is a rough figure because in rural areas, you will find a different percentage just because you have lots of barn cats or cats living off the land, so to speak. In urban areas, I think that we're kind of catching up that we actually are getting more cats who are community cats because people are feeding them. They survive, you know, streets and that kind of thing, then they're going to populate just the same. So it's it's just a rough figure, but it is for the roaming cats, not the pet cats. Some people put their pets outside as well. We're talking about cats that are roaming around, that are intact, that need to be, you know, fixed so that they're not overpopulating. It's a big, big problem. But again, we also know that, like I said, if you take them all away, I have a friend from Lebanon who lived in a city called Petra, this is a seaside town, and she named her cat that. And I said, why'd you name Petra Petra? Well, that town decided to eliminate all roaming cats because they were bothering tourists or whatever. People complained about them. There were a lot of them out there and they weren't fixed. They completely decimated the population of cats. And two years later, the businesses begged them to bring cats back in because they were overrun with rodents. So again, that whole concept of they serve a purpose out there, but we just don't want them having hundreds of other cats. And and we can do that. That's what they, ha- they did in Petra. So, Excellent. If you go to Don't Shop on Tuesday website under Local Spotlight, there's a wonderful profile of Jean and her organization. But right now we want to talk about an issue. She's made um, references to the animal shelter in Hartford County, which is a county just north of Baltimore City and Baltimore County that is a little more conservative and that they were not fixing animals. They were not fixing cats and they were putting the, the chip in for identification, but not fixing cats. And it, it became a, a huge problem when you, when you bring this in, when you look at it, what Jean was telling us that the average price of getting your and your cat fix was $450. So Jean, has, Jean and her band of volunteers with, with donations and, and some grants has done an amazing job and has influenced so many people and changed so many people's attitudes that the next step is, of course, there's always legislation, but we are looking toward next year's budget. It looks like Harford County's budget is being solidified right now, but in the ensuing year, how can we... All the people that she's helped, all the people that love cats, 
all the people that are affected by this organization that, that have donated and that approve of it. How can we act in tandem to get the county executive to put a line item budget amount, put, put in the budget in perpetuity, I mean ongoing, money for your organization? What can people do? So people can definitely, and now that we have a, a newly seated council, get in touch with their council representatives, wherever, if you live in Hartford, you can look it up, who your representative is, and let that representative know that you support TNR and that we are the primary organization. There are smaller groups that are doing, or individuals that are doing TNR within Hartford County, but we're doing it for the shelter, actually. They don't have a TNR program themselves. Fortunately, they've had a change in leadership and they are working with us. They're helping us to get cats reasonably priced, spay and neuter, that kind of thing. But they're not going to do TNR because their mission is bigger. The shelter has more things going on. So they're partnering with us. I don't believe that our Harford County representatives understand that, although they have visited the shelter and the new executive director, I'm sure, speaks of us. I, he's told me he's mentioned it at the budget meetings, and he does support our work. But we are not in the budget. Last year, I simply wrote a letter to my council representative and said, how can I get some consideration for some funding for us because we rely on donations and grants and we're doing all this work? Essentially, we're taking work away from the shelter, too. And I'm not saying, you know, take money from them, but could we have some funding? And I requested $10,000. And Barry Glassman, the county executive at the time, gave us a check for $10,000. I was a little surprised that that's all you had to do was ask, but it's not a line item in the budget. It was a one-time, he made it very clear, it's a one-time donation to your organization. So now that we have brand new representatives and a new county executive, I think it's important to press them if we really want to see change in this on this issue in Harford County, to put in a line item so that we know that we have funding every year. It doesn't have to be my organization. It could be anybody doing TNR that can use those monies to get it done because the pricing isn't going to go down. We're able to get very low cost, but even those low costs are starting to go up. It's just the nature of the beast. We have several months to do this, and you can go to the Facebook page. You could ask questions, but let's in total, in, as a community, let's lobby for this because not only will it help relieve the financial pressures, it helps to establish organizations like this forever because people to do the work, people yeah. move and die and, and, and whatever. And we want an organization as beneficial to the community as this to live on and on and on. And Baltimore County has actually, they've established a TNR program which is wonderful. And, and that's what's helping a lot of folks in Baltimore. We want to do the same thing in Hartford. I, I wanted to just ask, and you mentioned Baltimore County, are there other programs that you know of, not just in the state, but you know other local programs that people can sort of look into to try and support in their own local communities if they're listening to this from outside of Baltimore, Hartford County, Maryland area? Sure. Yeah. There are small and large organizations all through the country. I go to a conference about every three years and I pay attention to you know what's being put out online from various organizations. We are becoming no-kill slowly. And when I say no-kill, it means that more 90% or more of the animals that come into the shelter 
are they leave it alive, okay? This is mostly the work of a group called Maddie's Fund and Best Friends Animal Society. It's their mission to make this country no-kill. Salt Lake City, Utah is a no-kill state or city, and we do have one no-kill state, which is Delaware, which is where we take our cats. Los Angeles is also a no-kill city. There are a number of them now, so they've reached that statistic. So far, Harford is actually a no-kill county, but it will only stay that way if we keep these programs going. And, and we know it's largely in part, because we have the, euth- the euthanization numbers as well, we know it's largely in part of TNR, because the most intake to shelters historically has been cats. About, up to 70% of what goes into a shelter is a cat, and they don't leave alive most of the time. So we're turning that around nationally, wherever you live, if, wherever you're hearing this podcast, if you go to the alleycat.org website and just put in information asking for, requesting information for your area, someone will get back to you and tell you there's this organization, this veterinarian, this clinic, etc. So that's probably the best way to find out. Or you can go to Best Friends Animal Society, social media or website. You can also look up Maddie's Fund, which is in the forefront of spay, neuter, and just no kill. Well, Jean, thank you so much. Please go look up Best Friends, uh, Shadow Cats, sorry. I was here in the beginning. (laughs) Shadow Cats TNR and find them, find their website, find them on Facebook. They're always looking for donations and help. And if you want to trap, want to help with lobbying for legislation, and most importantly, make it a line item budget in the Hartford County budget to make sure organizations like this not only survive, but prosper. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed. And until next time, don't shop on Tuesday. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at don'tshoponTuesday at gmail.com. You can find out more about the movement at don'tshoponTuesday.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash don'tshoponTuesday. And you can follow our Instagram at don'tshoponTuesday. No, I, you know... No, my point is, like, if I, if I don't care, I just go, this is not a hill, you know. They, they were choosing music, and I'm not a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs>